does it mean for something to be random? Does random mean something strange or funny or weird as in making a random face? Or does it mean something that happens at an unknown time as in having to randomly go to the bathroom during class? Well, if we combine these two vague ideas of what random means, we do know that for something to be truly random, it definitely does have to be something unpredictable. Hello, I'm Noah Hebert, and welcome to episode 3 of Learning Algorithms, where we are going to talk about, you guessed it, randomness. Now, the concept of randomness is pretty difficult to wrap your head around. We do know that for something to be truly random, it does have to be unpredictable, right? So let's start with something fairly simple. If you have a piece of paper and pencil near you, I would encourage you to take them out. But if you don't, then you could probably follow along in your head. Let's say you want to create a random set of 10 numbers from 1 to 10. How would a human being create a random set of numbers as opposed to a computer? Now, obviously anybody can fairly easily write down random numbers as they come into their head onto a piece of paper. If you have a set of paper and pencil, then you can try to create the set of numbers. I'll give you about 10 seconds. Alright, now take a look at the numbers you created. If you were to show that list of human-generated random numbers to somebody else, they would not be able to see much correlation or many patterns between the different numbers. They were created with no specific rule or formula, and it is impossible to predict with complete certainty the next number given the previous subset of numbers in the list. Therefore, we can't say that these numbers are effectively random enough for most purposes. Now how would a computer generate a random set of numbers? There is no one good answer to this question, since obviously a computer can only follow a specific step set of instructions in order from beginning to end. The good news is that there are many different algorithms to generate not a random set of numbers, but a pseudo-random set of numbers. If something is pseudo-random, that means it is effectively random for most intents and purposes, but it was still created by some constant deterministic formula or algorithm. But the bad news is that these numbers are not truly random since they are created by formula. It's probably impossible to create a truly random set of numbers purely algorithmically. So let's look at an example of a true random number generator that uses physical processes. On the internet, there exists a website called random.org. You've probably heard of it or even used it at one point or another. But, for those of you who haven't, random.org claims to be able to offer true random numbers to anyone on the internet. You can do many things, including but not limited to choosing a random number in a range, or drawing a random lottery card, or generating a random password, or generating a random calendar date. But how does the site get truly random numbers? Well, if we want to be more accurate, we should be asking where the site gets its random numbers. The site describes that the randomness that they use comes from noise in Earth's atmosphere, which the site describes as, quote, for many purposes, 
better than the pseudo-random number algorithms typically using computer programs. Now, this goes back to the idea of how good a random number generator is, and the idea that one random number generator can be even better than another. How do you measure how random something is? Well, you could say that numbers are either random or they aren't. Either they are completely unpredictable or they are determinable, that is, if you know the formula used to generate them. But surprisingly, your own brain would disagree with you. How is that possible? Let's talk about another example of not real randomness, but pseudo-randomness. The old iPods shuffle songs feature created by the company Apple over a decade ago used to go through your music collection seemingly randomly with no predictable order. Or at least that's what some people said. Others said that they hear the same sets of songs over and over again in the same order and claim to see patterns in the music they listen to. They would see that multiple of their favorite songs or songs from the same album or songs created in a certain order by an artist would seem to play next to each other more often than not. So if we could safely assume the iTunes Shuffle algorithm does indeed have a good enough pseudo-random number generator to determine which songs to play in order, then we can conclude that it should be indistinguishable from true randomness. So if this is true, why doesn't it seem random to some people? Well, the short and simple answer is that our brains are so good at finding patterns and things that it will inevitably do so in any long set of data that is being fed to it. It is so good at this, in fact, that there, at times, can have the capability to make you believe, without a shadow of doubt, that there really are patterns where they're absolutely not in reality. But this answer leaves a bad taste in our mouth, since it still begs the question, how would it be possible to make something seem more random? To our pattern-seeking minds. We would paradoxically have to get rid of some randomness in the original algorithm to make sure, for example, that the same songs don't play following each other as often. In response to many users' dissatisfaction, Steve Jobs changed the algorithm. In 2010, he famously described, quote, we're making it less random to make it feel more random, end quote. In the newer party shuffle for iTunes release later on, you would now have control over the actual way its algorithm chooses your songs. You can now be able to choose player higher rated or more famous songs more often than others, and you can choose a quote-unquote degree of randomness for the algorithm to go by. This option, called Smart Shuffle, was a feature that allowed users to make sure that they didn't have multiple songs from the same artist or album playing multiple times in a row. You could set the option to be less random and it would perfectly group up albums and artists next to each other. On the other hand, you could set the option to seem more random and it would be less and less likely for two songs from the same artist or album to play in a row. In addition to all this, there would be a skip setting for tracks you would never want to appear in a party shuffle. out that people wanted their songs to be played randomly, but not too randomly. It seems to be human nature to want control of our environment to the largest extent possible, but this has some interesting implications in the outside world in the scope of events in our actual lives. It makes some people wonder, if everything in the world is determined by some previous event, 
Doesn't that technically mean that we don't have control over our lives? Does it mean that we don't actually have control over our successes and our failures and that everything in our lives is determined by our environment? Is the state of the world somehow set in stone because of the simple fact that everything in the universe must have a cause and therefore an effect? If it is true that everything must be a result of something else, then it means that there is no such thing as true randomness in the universe. Our definition of predictability will always be fundamentally flawed since for an event to be predictable, we would have to know information about it. Thus, if something is unpredictable, it is only because we don't have enough information. Albert Einstein famously said in his letter to German physicist Max Born on the topic of probability that I am at all events convinced that he, here Einstein refers to God, that he does not play dice. In other words, Einstein says that he believes that God does not play dice with the universe. People continue to argue to this day about what he truly meant with God and randomness in the universe. But people do agree that Einstein's philosophy of free will is that it simply does not exist. He says that everything is determined, the beginning as well as the end, by the forces over which we have no control. We all dance to a mysterious tune intoned in the distance by an invisible player. In other words, the structure of the universe as we interpret it today is itself a result of the core principles of cause and effect that, we'll, that we will never have control over. Should our seeming lack of free will in a chaotic universe worry us? I mean, if you were to roll some dice or write a set of random numbers using your brain, and if you were to look at those sets of numbers, it would be quote-unquote random enough for its specific purpose. We can think all we want about the nature of the universe and the non-existence of true randomness, but at the end of the day, we can only know so much information and we can only predict so many things with it. Although computer algorithms allow us to process and make sure make sense of information at millions of times the speed of a human, computing speed is itself also limited, and the largest supercomputers will always have to take up entire rooms. Computers and humans have something in common. They are both limited on the scale of the entire universe. For example, we will never be able to predict weather 100% accurately, because we would have to know what every single air molecule is doing. No matter how powerful computers get or how knowledgeable we get, the task will always be utterly impossible. But as humans, I guess we can try as much as we want and believe that we will be able to have complete control over and complete nature of our environment, even though it is all futile. It's in our nature, after all. Thank you for listening. My name is Noah Hebert. This has been another episode of Learning Algorithms. And as always, hope you have a great day.